1: We always want to think of Jesus as tender and mild, and he is. But that doesn't mean he has a zealous side as well. We'll talk about that next, here on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Hi there, and again, welcome to the broadcast. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, coming to you from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Our series is called Life Forever in Jesus Christ. It's the faith life. We're looking at the book of John, and not specifically chapter by chapter and verse by verse, but topic by topic to help draw out for us the understanding of the forever life we can have in Jesus Christ. We're in chapter 2 today with a final look at our message called Jesus, the New Temple. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast.
2: Paul said, we didn't use wood, hay, and stubble. We as leaders of God's church, we gave you the gospel. We gave you a crucified Christ. We told you the truth. Then he goes on, the day will disclose every man's work. But then he comes down to verse 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple? And that God's spirit dwells in you. Now, now I'm, I'm not sure I'd want to be a member of the Corinthian church. It's a good place to get sued. Good place to lose your wife. A good place to be in a church fight all the time. They were fussing about something all the time. And Second Corinthians is brutal. No preacher wants to read Second Corinthians very often. Because it tells you how they spit Paul out and say we can't stand you. And every pastor reads 2 Corinthians when his heart's broken. And the people he loves say, we can't stand you. Because that's what they did to Paul. Do you not know, Corinth? Don't you know that you are God's temple? Hmm. And that God's Spirit dwells in you? The you here... We need to read this in the Texas version. It's you all. Because it's a you plural. Don't you all, you all, talking to the Corinthian believers, you all, you all. It might catch on. I might get an accent back. You all. Everybody thinks I'm from those parts. I just was raised by people that were. And we knew more about Oklahoma than we did California. Because all the good folks seem to have come from... Well, anyway. So, he said, you all, don't you know that you're a temple of God? He's talking to a local church. A church full of problems. A church with all kinds of immaturity. But truly a church. that were born-again people with all kinds of... Brought the old life. They were still sleeping around. They were suing each other. They they got drunk at the Lord's table. They were mixed up on the resurrection. Uh, they were doing a lot of work without love. Uh, everybody's fighting for the floor to see who's going to talk in tongues the most. It, it was a confused place. I don't know if you want to bring your neighbor or your parents to it. Too much confusion. But nevertheless, Paul says... God sent me to the city, and I evangelized you, and I saw you come to Christ. I saw you walk out of your darkness. I saw you come to forgiveness. And now the Spirit of God indwells the Corinthian local church. He he dwells in that place. And he says, by the way, if anyone destroys God's temple, that local church, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Could it be any clearer? A a local church becomes a hangout place for God. It's where He wants to share His glory. I can't understand people say, "I, I know Jesus, I just can't stand church. No, you don't know Him. You don't know Him. Jesus isn't the head of your company. He's probably not even the head of your home, but he's the head of the church. And he claims the church, even when the church has got lots of problems. That's why you are allowed to attend here. God knows what to do with you with a lot of problems. We seldom get folks that come that got it all together. No, they say, I'm coming here. And you know why I go to church? And I've been going to church a long time, half a century. All my life. Because I went a lot of times against my will. And I tell you about being in storefront buildings. Pentecostals I grew up with. We met everywhere. Storefront buildings. When we met in Holy Ghost Hall, we had a dirt floor in the back that Phil Ross got his own potty chair for the little kids. I don't. If the inspectors were to come, they would have closed us down. The dump we met in. What a dump to treat, teach our kids back where the bar used to be. Nothing but a dump. And then the real. If that wasn't torture, God said, I could sift this church quick. Go to the real. Now you think the building was the church or the people that showed up in the building? You, the people, constitute a temple where the Spirit of God dwells. And I think through my life, oh, showing up with ragtag Christians, a lot of them not too smart, not too well trained, didn't dress well, didn't... Man, you wouldn't have ever chosen them. But God did. And God, things that happen. His presence would show up. His presence... I got saved in a building on 15th and Cutting. If the place was packed to the wall, it would be 120 people. Seemed huge as a kid. Just a little old building. I'd go by there. Said, "Wow, that's not big enough for a garage, let alone a church." Well, you know what made the difference? Not the building, not the location. It was when we got together. And we acted like people that the Spirit of God was indwelling. That place turned into a worship center. And heaven touched earth. Heaven touched earth. God shows up in local churches. God sows His power. God saves people. God convicts people. God walks the aisles. He said in Revelation 2, I walk among the lampstands. I'm a member of this church. Matter of fact, I'm the head of it. And matter of fact, I'm still in the temple cleansing business. Some of you are full of dead men's bones. You got a form of God, but you don't know him. You're sleeping with the wrong person. You're drinking the wrong stuff and you got the wrong practices. And you say, you know him. You don't know him. You don't, you're grieving. You're hurting him. Matter of fact, if you don't come to him, he's going to depart from you. He's going to take away His Spirit. And He's going to let you go where you'll never be bothered with another hymn, with another tug at the heart. Hell has no evangelist. Hell has no hymns. And in hell you'll never be reminded of anything, but you chose yourself as your own God. And what a miserable allotment to say, I'm stuck with myself for eternity. That's the God I want. It's the God you'll get. But if you want to meet what heaven's got to offer, you come to Jesus. And He puts you in the body of Christ. And then you start meeting with these people called the children of God. You know what? I'm afflicted. I'm afflicted with this. And maybe a little out of my head. After being in the church over 50 years, I still love Christians. Didn't you hear me? You know, people say, I get my feelings hurt. Oh, get over it. And if you don't, buy Eagles, they've got a great little song called Get Over It. Just get over it. Well, I just kind of, how do they treat you at the local bar? Oh, they treat me good as long as you buy something, honey. They're going to kick you out with a bouncer. They ain't just letting you hang out. You've got to give them a little revenue. God's local church, you know why? I've been showing up for years. Sometimes it's a world I feel like an alien and a stranger. And I feel a melancholic breeze coming through. That Lord, this is not my home. I like to get a smell of what heaven's like. And I go to some little meetings in some little local church. And I feel like heaven sometimes kisses the earth. And my soul is poured out. And I said, I got a little bit of heaven until I get there. Because I met with God's people to worship. I didn't grow up being a clock watcher. I didn't grow up, well, well, when will it be done? Oh, it was done for you when you landed. You ought to come here hungry for God to do something, for God to move. Maybe you've never been around that kind of Christianity. There's only one kind of real Christianity. It's where God shows up in the meeting. It's where it's more than information, it's transformation. He changes you. He changes you. He makes your heart thrilled with Jesus. We used to sing a song, I get so thrilled with Jesus every moment of every day. I get so thrilled with Jesus. He's the truth, the life, the way. Has He come to thrill your soul? That's what the church really is. The people who are thrilled about Jesus. And we meet all kinds. You know, Manny Fernandez was here last week. And now they got 1,700 churches going in Cuba. And I I said, I just can't hardly believe it. I'll have to see it before I believe it. So uh, Sean and Grant Pinkston, Adrian was going to go, but was unable to. Had a bad injury. And so we went to Cuba. We'd meet in carports from here to maybe where the foxes are. It'd be that long. No sides. And it was plenty hot. And man, he said, this is one of our churches, meets in the city, and they meet in this carport every week. And you get there, and you start singing, and all of a sudden, it was turned into a temple. The Spirit of God filled that meeting. We went to other places. You wouldn't even have a rummage sale out of the building. It was so bad. It broke down, started raining on us. And, uh, I mean, you could see through the walls. that They... they There was no they didn't know what sheetrock was, uh hogs over here in this area like I said it was hot, humid, the rain's coming down, and I'm sitting there and Jesus said I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Castro, you can't keep me from building a church in Cuba. You can't keep me from getting the people to heaven out of Cuba. I'm going to build my church. Communist China, I will build a church. 50 million Chinese believers there. They're persecuting our black brothers in Nigeria. And there's the Obama family here telling us about how their people are being persecuted by the Muslims. You can't keep God from building little local churches all over this globe. And when you drive by, you ought to say, I wonder if God's presence shows up there. And then let me say this. Don't ever try to destroy what it costs the sun to build. If you don't like your local church, find one you can go to without ruining it or intercede for it. It's never a perfect community. We're always flawed. You know the amazing thing about God? God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. We're all a bit crooked. We're all a bit bit. But God can draw a straight line. He's not using us because we've got it all together. He's using us because he's got it all together. And he knows what he's doing. Look at 1 Corinthians 6. If I keep going, I might catch fire. I'm trying to. Lock those back doors. Don't let anybody out. Verse 19. Six nineteen, or do you not know that your body, now he's talking about the individual person is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? Now now here's what's, what what bothers me. Can believers go to houses of prostitution? The Corinthians did. He's telling them, don't you know you belong to Christ? Back here in verse 15, shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never! Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Then he gives the theological reason. Or don't you know that your body is a hangout place for the Holy Spirit? Whom you have from God. You are not your own. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Believer, hear me. God says your body is to be a sacred hangout for Him. Your body becomes our worship center. Wherever you are, people ought to feel closer to God. Because God walked in the room when you walked in there because you're a member of Christ's body. And Christ, the Spirit indwells you, so you can just say, God just showed up. We're not gods, but we're indwelt by God. And we want to bring the divine aroma of God in the room. There is no business. Be, you're in sin to be a negative, down believer all the time. Why not the aroma of the Spirit? I thought He gave us love, joy, peace, you know, on and on. We are to be solvers of the problem, not the problem. Because the Holy Spirit indwells us. Look at what he says, another verse. Go over to 2 Corinthians. Keep on 2 Corinthians 6. And see how this temple theme just keeps running. Verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That's what we tell all our young people. But he wasn't talking about dating exclusively. Uh, it, It involves that, but... What partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord is Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said, I will dwell in them, I will work in them. I like to say this. The only real building program I believe in is watching a bunch of children come up here that we're hoping get saved. And we uh, I remember when we couldn't have junior church because we'd had no facility. We're not love with facilities. Bank, you can keep it. Antichrist, you can have it. We built these facilities so the living members of the body of Christ could find some property set aside for sacred use. And so that the living members of Christ could come here without persecution, that every color, every economic status could come here and be treated equally and feel accepted at the master's table. Because he's building a church of every kindred, tribe, and tongue. And he's been doing it in the for years. The diversity is a divine weaving. He picked people out of the quarry and said, I'm going to place them in that local church. And here he's saying, what fellowship do you have as God's temple running with idols? That's the call for holiness he's making. I ask you, do you belong to Christ? Did you know Christ may be visiting this church today and he may want to cleanse the temple what's going on in your life have you lost your song have you uh, have you become a Sunday playhouse Christian Wow why will you settle for plastic when you can have gold why settle for artificiality when you can have reality Oh, Sardis, you have a name, you have a name, you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Listen to what Tozer says. With our loss of the sense of majesty has come the further loss of religious awe and consciousness of the divine presence. We have lost our spirit of worship and our ability to withdraw inwardly to meet God in adoring silence. Modern Christianity is simply not producing the kind of Christian who can appreciate or experience the life in the Spirit. The words, be still and know that I am God, mean next to nothing to the self-confident, bustling worshiper in the middle period of the 20th century. I would that when we came together in this place, when I grew up you couldn't afford counselors so you went to the altar I was talking with my wife saved at eight in her teen years when I met her her folks were drinking themselves to a tragic divorce that broke her heart broke her brother's heart her brother didn't have God so he, he went another way and was a lonely, pitiful route. But I remember uh, my wife, a, a very, I would say, conservative. Uh, her girls and I, we emote a thousand times more than her. She's just level-headed Pennsylvania Dutch girl. But I do remember, I do remember many a Sunday night having to wait for her after the service Because Pentecostals, we didn't just use the altar to get saved. We ended our services with prayer meetings where we prayed with each other and acted like we cared. And I remember many a night watching my girlfriend then weep at an altar, praying for her mom and dad. And God give me the strength to stand for Christ in a home that's about to go a thousand ways. You know what it was? God met her there. God met her there. It became a Bethel to her. Surely the Lord was in this place. And what we seek to create, so many conservatives are only used to information. And most of their faith is very stagnant. The living waters don't bubble. They just use, they want a good sermon, they want to get out on time, and please don't bother me. Because you've never been desperate enough to need one another. A persecuted church in Acts, they needed each other, and every member was precious. Just finishing the life story of Mois Rosen, founder of Jews for Jesus, ostracized from his family, kicked out when he went to his mother's bedside, dying of cancer in Denver, Colorado. She said, I don't want to die, Mois. I don't want to die. I want to live forever like in the movies, is what she said. And he said, Mom, I don't want you to die either. I want you to have life eternal. And then she rose up in the bed and she said, If you're getting ready to tell me the only way I can have life eternal is in Jesus Christ, you go to hell. It's the last meeting he had with his mother before she went to hell. He spent the rest of his life trying to reach his Jewish people. There's a way you can live forever. There's a way you can get in touch with heaven. Come to the temple. Jesus Christ, His church is an extent; It's His body. His church, your individual body. You're to represent God on the earth. Let the presence of God fill this church, fill your body, fill you. The new temple is Jesus. He's the new meeting place. Come to Him and you'll find the gateway to heaven. It's better than Jacob's ladder.